and uh, stay glued to your television or your computer or your iPhone, whatever you have. We're glad that you're joining us. Today I want to speak about faith, and I titled it, The Faith That Works. The Faith That Works. Faith in what? Faith in the promises of God. We live as Christians by the promises of God. What God has told us in his word. That's what we live by. God says he has given us great and precious promises that by this we may partake of his divine nature. So the promises are here. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But all these things are in his promises. And if you can hold fast to his promises by faith, then you will obtain the promise and live. That's the issue, faith. But how does faith work? Why is faith so important? What is faith? Why is faith so important? The first thing is that we need to recognize you cannot be righteous without faith. There is no righteousness for anybody in this life without faith. There is no righteousness. You can read in Romans chapter 3, God says, I look down, there is no righteous. There is none that does good. No one. You can't undo your sin by yourself. You've already sinned, you're already unrighteous. The only way to righteousness is by faith. It's called the righteousness of faith. So there is righteousness from the law. That wasn't good enough because it reminds you of your sins constantly. But then there is the righteousness of faith and that has to come to you through faith. Not what you have done. It comes through the grace of God and you have to believe and that's the only way to become righteous before God. What does righteousness mean? Right standing before God. Where you can stand in the presence of the Holy God And don't feel any kind of inferiority because you are family members. You are family members. You don't feel down when you are before your your mother or your father. They are happy to see you. You don't feel inferior. You feel welcome every time. Even when you are not right, it's your home. That's what this becomes. Faith in God brings you that right standing that right relationship with God, where God becomes your father. And not anything that you've done, it's not by anything you've done, it's just that you believe everything that Jesus did for us. He came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And that life comes from the father. And we relate to him through faith. We have to believe. That's how important faith is. The Bible tells us this. Importance of faith. In Romans 14 verse 23, it says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. That's about food. But leaks into the principle behind it. That's just about eating. But listen to the principles behind it. The principle behind it. For whatever, for whatever is not of faith, is sin. 
Whatever is not of faith is sin. Doesn't matter what it is. If it has nothing to do with faith in God and faith in God's promises, if you're outside it, you're sinning. We consider sin when we do something we consider wrong. But when you are out of faith, whatever is not of faith is what? I didn't say that. God said that. So when you are operating in doubt and fear, guess what you're, where you are? You're already in sin. But you are expecting God to meet your need while you are in sin. In doubt. And unbelief. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So you can eat, and if you're eating and it's not of faith, you're already sinning. That's how important faith is. That's how important trusting in what God says and staying unmovable because God has said it. It's his promise and you hold on to it no matter what's going on. That's how important it is. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible. Say the word with me, impossible. It is impossible to please him. And when God is pleased with you, he blesses you. Amen? It is impossible to please him without faith. Faith in his promises. Faith in God's faithfulness. Faith in who he is. That he is there. What what he says to you, he is going to keep regardless. That's faith. Without faith, it is impossible. Impossible to please him no matter what you do. You can even take your whole life for him. You're not pleasing him if it's not done out of faith. I don't mean take your life for that, okay? But that's what it is. You have to believe. That's the only thing that pleases him. You can even give money and give hundreds of, but it's not in faith with God. It's nothing. It's got to be through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, must, must believe. If you are coming to God for his promises, for a promise, you must believe that he is. First of all, he is who he is. Faithful. God is not a man that he should lie. If he speaks, he's going to do it. You know that. So you come to him believing because he invites you to come boldly. You know he is God. You know he loves you. You know his son died for you. You know he is not going to abandon you. He will listen to you. Even if you pray. Even if you are in sin and you call out, he hears. That's who he is. He loves you dearly. So you can come to him without fear. And he's going to, you must believe that he is. That good God that he is. You must believe that. Must believe that. If you don't believe that, then you can't come into his presence. You must believe that he is God Almighty. Nothing impossible with him. You don't have to fear. No matter how huge the problem is in your life, you are coming to God Almighty. You know who you are dealing with. And you know that he is on your side. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He's always there for you. He is living for you, for your good. And so you come knowing who he is. So you must believe. That he is, and it's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So
So you come diligently knowing God's going to answer my prayer. And I'm going to stay here until I get what I need. Amen. That's how important faith is. So what is faith? Faith is the substance, according to Hebrews chapter 11, it says now, it's a now faith. Amen. Not tomorrow's faith, not I had it before, but it's gone. Now, faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, two things here. Faith and hope. Faith and hope. You need hope when you are in a dire situation. Like we are right now in the country, we need hope. But a balloon without air is no good. Faith gives substance to hope. But you have to have hope. You have to have hope. You don't let go of hope. You stay with hope and then you inject faith. Faith now, your hope, that's from you towards God. Faith is from God. Amen? Faith comes from God. And you can believe that through his word. So you're standing, believing God, you have hope, and you're trusting in God to meet that need. Faith gives substance to hope. And faith is the evidence of things not seen. Basically, you're saying, I got it. I got it because I got God. I can't see it, but I, I know I already have it. Because God said so. God said so, and I prayed. God has answered I know I have it. And that's what they say. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But then it tells you what happened. For by this faith, the elders, those that have gone before us, they obtained a good testimony. What does that mean? They were tested. Amen. You are going to be tested. And it's not a test to bring you down. When the enemy comes at you, he's not coming at you because of who you are or what you have. He's coming after your faith. It's a test of faith. He wants to bring your faith down. That's the most important property that you got. And the enemy wants it. When he's attacking your body, when he's attacking your marriage, when he's attacking your family, when he's attacking your finances, what he's looking for, he's not after that, he's after your faith in God. That's what's most important to him. To you, the bank account is what is important. But for Satan who is tempting you, your faith in God is what he wants. It's a test of faith. So when you're going through it, you're wondering, God, why are you not doing anything? God has allowed your faith to be tested. It's a test of faith. And sometimes we don't stand. And, and we turn our eyes from God. We turn our eyes from the word of God. And things are difficult. So we begin to call our friends. And we begin to tell them about our troubles. That's not the place to be. Because the more you tell them about your troubles, you are increasing your unbelief. And where there is unbelief, you're already in sin. Hello? For whatever is not of faith is what? It's sin. As you keep talking about, I'm just going to say it the way I feel. Yeah, keep saying it. Keep saying it. 
I'm just telling you the, real, the reality of things, the way things are. Yeah, keep doing that. But if it's going to bring doubt and unbelief and fear in your life, you're already in sin. But then you are in sin, asking God to meet your need in sin. It's not going to work. You got to get rid of the fear. You got to get rid of the worry. You got to get rid of all of that, asking God to help you, and then position yourself so that God will work in your life. That's how important faith is. The faith that works. The faith that works has to be steady. Not perfect, but steady. Because things will come that will make you, you know, you're dealing with your mind. Satan injects stuff into your mind and tries to make you doubt what you really believe. And is this thing really working? Why is it taking so long? But then the word of God that brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And as those things are happening in your mind and you are kind of shaky, then comes the word of God into your life and you begin to say, well, God cannot lie. God said this and I believe it. I know I don't have it right now, but I'm trusting in God and God is going to come through. God is not a man that he should lie. You put that before your mind and then the doubt begins to go away. Not perfect, but steady. Steady. You steady your faith. So you got to have that. The Bible tells us about asking God for wisdom. You can wonder why. Because wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. So James tells us in James chapter 1 verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, the principal thing in life, the number one thing in life, wisdom, knowing God and trusting in his promises, amen? Knowing God and believing in God, that's wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that includes knowledge of who he is. When you have that, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. In other words, God's not going to reject you when you come. That's who he is. You must believe that he is. You are always welcome. No matter where you've been, as long as you come back home. Even if you have been prodigal, he welcomes you. Amen? You can come home and then make your request. I need wisdom. God gives liberally. In other words, he doesn't withhold it. He has it. He has an abundance. Abundance of wisdom to give to the whole world. Amen. He's able to do that. He gave wisdom to Solomon one night. And that transformed the man's life. For the rest of his life. Just one encounter with God concerning wisdom transformed the man's life. And transformed the kingdom of Israel. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will. Amen. Well, we have a lot of them at home. They are watching from home. Say amen. amen. <laughs> out there. He gives liberally. That's so enriching for me. So comforting that I can have wisdom from God if I just ask. Listen, that's what he said. Do you believe that? And there's wisdom for everything that you are dealing with. He's not just talking about wisdom. When you're dealing with a, an issue, a problem in your life, you need wisdom. You need God to give you some wisdom. And sometimes your own thoughts are not the thoughts of wisdom because that's not the way to go. 
I can ask God, what's going on? I don't understand. I don't know what to do about this. Can you please tell me what to do? Then he gives you wisdom. He tells you, don't do this. This is where to go. And he comes to you lightly like a still small voice. And you feel comforted. You go that way. If God gives it to us liberally, we can ask him and he delivers that to us. He does that. But then he tells you, but let him ask in faith. God's going to give everyone who asks, but you cannot receive unless you have faith. You have to ask in faith with no doubting. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's when we really need to start. I rebuke that doubt, okay? I, I rebuke that doubt. No, I'm not going to receive that. God's doing his work. Even, why is that? Because at the time you're asking, it's not manifested yet. There's always a time. And that's the, that's the period of time. It's the, what I call the wilderness experience, where you will be tested. If you go with complaining and sorrows, why is God? We could be better. We like to go back to Egypt. They have cucumbers and all of that and licked over there. They can have all of that. If you start going that way, you're already in doubt. And once you do that, you anger him. Because you're sinning. You're sinning. And God cannot answer. You must ask in faith, he says. He gives off liberally. That's who he is. You will receive. But you must ask in faith without doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven by and tossed by the wind back and forth. In other words, the Bible says you are double-minded. That's the problem we have. The main issue is double-mindedness. And everything will come at you to make you double-minded. People will send you words and send you things to make you double-minded. They will show you experiences of others to make you double-minded. You know what they're trying to do? Take you away from your faith in what God has promised. They don't intend that. They mean well. They mean well. But Satan is fighting your faith. You're trusting in God for this thing. And then somebody says, well, eh, this person had this thing, and this is the way it ended, and it was negative. And he was a very good Christian. How do you know that? How do you know that? You can be a good Christian and be in doubt about an issue in your life, still a good Christian, and not receive the promise. Because it's got to be with faith. Notice what it says, no doubting. Doubting must be totally removed. Once you start doubting, don't tell me you won't have fear. Because it's not going to be... If it's critical to you, if it's important to you, and you start having doubt, you will obtain fear. And fear has torment. That's the issue here. No doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. In other words, God says, he's flaky, I can't trust him. I just can't just, I can't figure this guy out. Where are you standing? Double-mindedness. Well, I believe, I believe God can do this. And then you say, but. 
Let me show you. Your boss is in the way. I've always said that. But as your boss cancels everything that you said you believed. And God heard it. Every time we do that. Yes, brother, good luck. You know, I believe in God's word. But, oh, you don't believe anything in God's word. You already said the but. You're going to lean on your own understanding. Whereas the word of God says, do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, that's faith, with all of your heart. Not some of your heart, all of it. Because a little doubt, that's not all of it. Once a little doubt comes into your heart, you don't have, he doesn't have all of it anymore. And it doesn't work. With the title of my message, The Faith That Works. The Faith That Works. He said, that's what works for us. If any of you lack wisdom, ask from God, and God will give to you. If you have double-minded God says you are unstable in all your ways. I can't figure this fellow out. I can't trust him. I can't give him part of my kingdom to manage. Hello. Because he's flaky. I can't trust him. That's double-mindedness. So you got to make your mind make, be fully, and we'll come into this, be fully persuaded in what you believe. And if you're wrong after you find out from the word, Change your mind, go to your next one, and be fully persuaded in the truth. That's so important. You got to keep steady. The, that's the number one thing that will make your faith work. You got to stay with it and refuse to be double-minded. No matter what comes at you, don't receive it. Even if it seems things are going the other way, still stay steady. Trust in God. He will eventually come through for you. If he allows it to go a little longer, Something big is coming your way. It's a test. We all like testimonies, right? But we don't want to go through tests. Test is what takes us to the testimony. And guess what the test is? It's a test of faith for your promotion. Amen? So we got to go through it. And so we have to discover how does this work? The faith that works. Faith that works. Your faith cannot work without love. That's a key principle. Sometimes people do things just to be acknowledged by people. They don't really care, but people will say good things about them if they do it. There's no love there. And there's no faith there. Faith works through love. Listen to this. Galatians 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, if you are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision, it doesn't matter who you are, that's what it's saying, or uncircumcision, Jew, whoever it is, avails anything. No matter your position, doesn't matter. Whether you're wealthy or not wealthy, of one race or another race, you're human, you're a Christian, and you are in Christ, 
This is only what is important. Avails anything. None of this avails anything. But faith working through love. Faith working through love. That's the faith that works. Every other thing don't matter. It has to be through love. It has to be coming from your heart for love for God and love for your fellow man. That has to be the core of everything you're doing. If it's, if it's actual genuine faith in God, the core of it is love for God first. Because love the Lord your God with what? And then your neighbor as yourself. Those two things. It's got to be towards God. And if it's not towards God, it's first for God and then for your neighbor. What you're doing for your neighbor is really for God because God has said this, that's what works. And when your faith is in that, it will always work. Because it's not about you. It's about his kingdom. It's about love for for the people of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, you have all faith, we don't say you, can, you are able to remove mountains, but let's say you can do it. But have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. It's got to be through love. I just don't want to pray for people to be sick. Just, <laughs> I can do it. Notice what it is with Jesus, you know, if you read in the scriptures. When Jesus heals, he sees the multitudes, and then he tells you he had compassion on them. You know what? He feels what they are feeling. You can see again in the story of when Jesus raised up Lazarus. Jesus knew he had already prayed to his father. He said when he went there, God, I know you've already heard me. When? He already talked to his father about this. But when Mary came, Mary was crying and saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus groaned in the spirit and he said, Jesus wept. Why was he weeping? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, right? Why was he weeping? It's a time of, don't worry about it, rejoice. No, he was weeping. I mean, not crying, I said weeping. Why? Because in my mind, he saw the plight of man, what we have to deal with, our pains and our struggles. And that was painful to him. And he wept. And and the people said, look, how much he loves this guy. Couldn't this man who raised, you know, who opened the eyes of the blind prevent this man from dying? But Jesus wasn't weeping for just Lazarus. He was weeping because of our troubles. Amen? What we have to deal with in life. The pains. that, and, And that made him weep. And then whenever that happens, when that compassion rises, something unusual happens. Because the faith level is up. I know people don't think Jesus was operating in faith, but he was a man, amen? He had to believe just like the rest of us. That's when there's love. When there's compassion and there's love, things happen. Your faith works. Amen? But if it's just for a show, (laughs) uh, 
doesn't work much. It's got to be out of a heart of love. So the Bible tells us, now abide, we talked about hope and faith. Hope needs faith, and faith needs love, amen, <laughs> for it to work. Now abide, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is what? Is love. Your faith cannot work, really work, and transform other people's lives, and transform your own situation if there's not love operating in your life. You're just doing stuff. Mm. Jesus actually told us we should love everyone, especially those of the household of faith. I love my Christian brothers. That's my family. Amen? Total love. Whether they are ugly to me in the eyes, doesn't matter. No matter what they do, I'm commended to love them. That's why I tell you I can be myself over here. You are commended to love me. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) And you still have to love me. Because God commanded you to love me. And if you don't, you're already sinning. Your faith is not going to work. Hallelujah. (laughs) We have to love one another. That's what separates us from the world. Amen? And we still have to love the world. And pray for them. And bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen? So faith doesn't work unless there is love. Another critical part of the workings of faith is patience. Can you say that word? Sometimes it's hard to even say the word. Patience. (laughs) That's a tough one. Because the way it is today is like the McDonald's drive-thru stuff. Give it to me now or I'll go to Burger King. I need it right here. Fast. But God doesn't work that way most of the time. Sometimes he does, but most of the time he doesn't work that way. It's a test of faith. You know how many years Abraham waited to have his promised son? 25 years. Think about that. To stay in faith, I mean, he was in faith, uh, but up and down, you know. 25 years. Sometimes God doesn't work that way. We are in need of patience. And sometimes he works that way. It's fast when the time is right. When it is time, the time of manifestation, he moves so quickly. If you look in the, Old Testament, in the, in the Bible, before Jesus came, for 400 years, there was nothing. No revelation, nothing was going on. And then all of a sudden, there were angels everywhere. Amen? Before Jesus came, angels everywhere, manifestations, right and left. John the Baptist, Mary, Joseph, angels everywhere. When God's time comes, nothing holds back. Everything is like a thousand years. It's like one day for him. When that day comes, he is ready to do his work. But until then, it's a thousand years. And you got to get a hold of patience. I am being patient, God. I'm telling you, I'm patient. I'm waiting. So you got to be patient. It's very important. Listen to this Hebrew chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. And we desire each one of you to show the same diligence 
to the full assurance of hope until the end. Hello? Full assurance of hope. You know, faith gives substance to hope. Sometimes your faith is a little shaky, but don't let go of your hope. Amen? Full assurance of hope till the end. Because the end of that problem is at hand. Amen? You got to have that full assurance. That you do not become sluggish. In other words, start being flaky. But imitate those who through faith and what? And patience is not just faith. It's faith and patience inherit the promises. That's how they inherited the promises. You can't say, God, I don't like the patience part. I like the faith part. I want you to do it right now. It's not going to work that way. It's called faith and patience. So whenever God's at work in your life, God can give you an instruction to do something. You remember he gave Moses instruction, go back to Egypt and bring the people out. And Moses tried it, went to Pharaoh. Guess what Pharaoh did? Instead of letting the people go, he increased the burden. And Moses said, God! I can't go back. He's going to make the people suffer more. He has his ways, his thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways. We need to listen and be patient. He's working it out for our good. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what it is. He's working it out for our good. Don't let the ups and downs disturb you. Stay steady. Stay steady. It seems like you're praying and it's going the other way. Don't let it trouble you. That's what it is. Amen? I don't know what time I got. Okay, great. I got good time. It's wonderful. So, let your faith be there. And be patient. And God will come through through for you. I think sometimes in my mind, just like God will test Abraham, right? Abraham believed God and God knew that. But he still wanted to test him. Give me your son. To see if he will go all the way. Sometimes God may hold back a little bit to see if you will let go of your trust of him. And that's painful. That's painful. I read a story sometimes. Um, there was a, a, a man that was digging, digging a, a hole or a pit. He dug the pit. His son was standing by. And the son, as he dug and threw the dirt out, he got deeper and deeper and deeper, and the son could not stand, you know, and see this dad anymore. The dad was way down there. And the son says, Daddy, are you there? Dad said, Yes. Son said, Can I join you? And he said, Yeah, you can join me. Just jump, and I'll catch you. <laughs> he couldn't see his dad. He was so deep. He said, Oh. And dad said, trust me, I'll catch you. Just jump. We have to be like children, amen? 
we have to, and he closed his eyes. He gave, if this is death, yeah, come, I'm dying. If that doesn't catch me. He couldn't see the dark. He jumped. And pretty soon he was in the darkness. God may hold back. But he's going to catch you. Amen? He's there for you always. We just have to trust him. Even when we don't understand, we can't see him, we don't feel. We had this song this morning, right? He's still working. He's still working for your good. And be patient. And let him come through for you. Amen? He'll do that for you. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So Michael comes to me. Pastor, I found a new trial. I'm so happy. Uh, Michael, you've lost your mind. Nobody gets happy. But that's what God is saying. Amen? Count it all joy. Because when the trial comes, your promotion is on the way. You can't be promoted until you've taken the test. The promotion is on the way. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When you read that, it's painful to read it. Especially if you're in a serious trial. How can I count this joy? It's like Paul and Silas in prison. Paul says to Silas, oh, this is wonderful, we are in prison. And Silas says, what's wonderful about it? We just got beaten. He said, let's sing praise. But they were people of faith. Amen? They sang. And God responded. My brethren, brothers and sisters, count it all joy. Whenever your situation begins to cause you to be depressed, you are already operating out of what the word of God says. Amen? Whenever your trial causes you to want to complain, you're already out of it. You're already out of it. There is unbelief. And then there is fear. And then Satan begins to bring you imaginations of things that is going to happen to you. This is going to happen because of this problem. How does he know? He is not God. Amen? God has everything under control. You can say, my father has all under control. And that's where God wants us to be. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, and then he says, knowing that the testing, that's what we're saying. Your trial is really the testing of your faith. And God allows it for your promotion. Why? All things work together for good. You may not understand it. You don't need to understand it. If your father has allowed it, hey, you are his son and daughter he allowed it for your good. All things work together for good. To those who love God. I used to just stop there. You know, for those who love God. And I want to prove myself, I love God. So it's working for my good. But it didn't stop there. Those things, all things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called. For his purpose. His purpose is also part of it. His purpose. Not your purpose. His purpose. He has everything in control. He has it what he wants. And if you, you be pliable, let him work his purpose in your life. When it's all over, it will be good for you. 
but you got a new person. You need it. We need it. When we become impatient, we jump out of his will, and now we are on our own and trying to figure this thing out on our own. You can't figure it out. You have an arch enemy. He's against your life, fighting you everywhere you go. You need him. And to have him, you have to let his purpose work for you. Count it all joy. Because it is knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience means I can endure. Every time you go through a trial, every time the problem comes to you, something is built inside of you that you know, and it continues to grow, and you know to be patient. No matter what's going on, you are totally not moved. Amen? He's built patience inside of you. You know God's going to do it. So you're not worried. You're not moved by what is going on. And then he says, but let patience have its perfect way. So there is something called patience and it's seeking to do something in your life. And if you are not patient, you're not allowing patience to work in your life. It's like I've said, patience is a, a person. Let patience have its perfect way it's perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Guess the result, what the result is. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. And uh, the scripture here says, Hebrews 10 verse 36. For you have need of endurance. That's a lot of, you need to endure certain pains. There's part of, there's part of our calling that has to do with suffering. We don't like to talk about that, but God has ordained that. And Romans chapter 8 makes it clear. He says we are joint as with him if we will suffer with him. There's a part of it that's suffering. There's a part of endurance. But all things are working together for our good. And we need to establish that in our heart. No matter what's going on in your life, God's looking out for your good. No matter what. And once that is established, your faith will work. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God. So no matter what's going on, even if you don't understand it, you're still doing what God... You know in our church, I've seen people that have... They dire financial difficulties. Tough problems. But they were always in church. They were always doing their ministry. Faithfully. No complaining. But doing what they could to survive at that time. Yeah. All of that pleases him. And when it's over, you pass the test. The windows of heaven open. And the blessings of God begin to pour into your life. But if you don't pass the test, he still loves you. You just have to go around in the wilderness for a few more years. Before you get there. Complaining is bad. You stay focused. I don't want to know why. I don't understand it. I don't need to. I have a father who is looking out for me. He understands it. That's good enough for me. I don't need to question anything. I just stay focused that he is going to come through for me. I don't understand why this happened in my life. I don't need to. There is a purpose to it. You don't understand the purpose, but he does. 
When it's all over, it's for your good and the good of everyone around you. That's what it is. He moves you where he wants. I don't need to question him. I have to trust him absolutely. You are in need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, what's the will of God? Endurance, patience, doing what he wants. Amen. After you have done that, you receive the promise. You receive the promise. Faith in the promise. Faith in the promise. Praise the Lord. Can you stand up today? I'm going to stop here. I'll take it from here next time. I still have a lot to say on this topic. Amen. I'm really glad that those watching from home, you are really enjoying this. (laughs) You are really enjoying this. And I pray that everyone receives something today. I don't fear the virus. Don't fear nothing. My father, one thing that's been ringing in my spirit, he's got this. Amen? He's got this. The Lord's got this. It didn't come to him by surprise. He knows about it. And he's got it. He's going to kill it when the time comes. But we are in need of patience. Amen? (laughs) We're in need of patience. And I'm praying to God that he's going to kill it real quick. But we have prayed, and I stand by this. I have a God that protected the children of Israel in Egypt from all the plagues. You know what? He protected them, and the people, the Egyptians, saw that. He said, we have lice all over in our house. It's burdened us. The Jews said, we didn't have any. Really? You live in Egypt and you didn't have any? Oh, we got frogs. Well, we didn't see any of that. And before long, the, the Egyptians began to realize there's something special about these people. And the Bible says the Egyptians feared Moses. Amen? They feared Moses more than their Pharaoh. Because God has separated. Amen? He was protecting his people. Can he do it today? Can he do it in our time? I'm praying, and those that are praying with us in the morning, we have declared and prayed to our God, nobody that's a part of the Ark Fellowship is going to have a touch with this virus. Can, you, can I hear an amen? Yes, we've done that. God's going to do it for us. Nobody, nobody. I'm, I'm not, I don't have the power, but he has the power. And he, I can go to sleep, he take care of the rest. Amen? He take care of it. Do we all agree with that? Yes, we can agree. Thank you. Would you lift your hands up this morning? Thank you for those of you that could make it uh, to this streaming service, live stream service. Father, we thank you. We thank you, oh God, that you are faithful, always faithful. You are not a man that you lie. When you speak, you fulfill your word. We thank you, O oh God. Lord, I bless the people of the Ark Fellowship, especially those walk, watching from home. We pray for them right now as they join us. Be with them and fill their hearts with faith that God will fulfill fully what he's promised and is able. We thank you, Father. We give you praise today. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.